here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. One, two, one, two, three, five! To music of the mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Music of the Mat, a podcast devoted exclusively to the music of professional wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I am the Barbarian Andrew Rich. Joining me, as always, on this muscular mystery tour is my good friend and partner, the Score Lord Chris Maffey. And together, we are your hosts, the Power Chords of Pain. Now, Chris, I think it stands to reason that, you know, you and I, as far as wrestling knowledge is concerned, we're pretty level, you know, a lot of the times. We both have the same general bulk of information. But there are times, of course, where you know more about a subject than I do. I know more about a subject than you do. This episode, this topic we're talking about today, is very much a case of you knowing so much more about it than I do. In fact, you and our guest co-host today, you guys know so, so much about it. It blows my mind how much you guys know about this topic. So I give you the honors. Introduce today's topic and our special guest. Tonight, we are going to be talking about what is my favorite promotion in the world right now. And our guest host joining us has such a wealth of knowledge about this promotion that it's, it's absolutely incredible. We are joined by none other than John Carroll from Open the Voice Gate, a fantastic podcast. If you're looking to get into Dragon Gate or you already watch Dragon Gate and you somehow don't know about Open the Voice Gate, you should know because it's a great podcast and John does a hell of a job with all of the writing and all of the podcasts on Dragon Gate. It is really the place to go besides iHeartDG for all of your Dragon Gate coverage. So, John, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Um, this is my second guest spot on Voices of Wrestling in like three days. <laughs> so I'm going to try to bring, going to try to make this the main event. <laughs> like, with all due respect to Burning Spirits and my, my, any of my own podcast, this right here, this is the main event. This is discussing hey, my go. my favorite topic, yep. which is Dragon Gate heel units and their, especially in their theme songs. Like this is going to be so much fun. I'm really excited to do this. When we asked you to come on, and I said, you know, you pick whatever you want to pick. It just seems so natural that you would pick all of the heel units and their themes because you've done a lot of work talking about the heel units of Dragon Gate. You did a series, a Dragon Gate timeline series on VoiceOfWrestling.com, chronicling 
the heel units and how they flow into one another and their histories and all of the context. And there, I remember there was also an episode of Open the Voice Gate that covered a period of heel units as well. So a lot has been said about the heel units, but now we get to focus on what is our wheelhouse here, the theme songs. So very excited to have you on and very excited to get into this. Yeah, it's a, it'll be fun. It's almost too like for, for any crossover listeners from Open the Voice Gate, it's like you're listening to like an extended version of our opening. Yeah. Because that's what our entire opening is, is just a bunch of the Heal Unit themes. I mean, originally I only, I didn't quite have all of them on the original opening and then I kind of changed it. And now we do have all of them going all the way from Crazy Max through berserk so we'll basically talk about if you're wondering like the history of those songs and you know what i think of them you'll you'll finally get to hear it i guess it's like the opening the open the voice get opening extended cut i didn't even think of that that's you know i every so often i i see someone tweets you or the open the voice gate account and says hey what's this theme here on the on the open the voice gate intro well now you're really gonna know if you take a listen to what we have in store for you later on in this episode yeah I, I, the, the one I got the most actually was when I tried to do, I did the unit history episode with Jay and I, I didn't put all the unit themes in there, but I, I added like a whole lot more basically. And I had a ton of people asking me, apparently nobody knows um, what the team veteran return theme is. Cause I had like five straight people asking about that. I'm like, did you people just like, did none of you watch in 2013? I don't understand, but yeah, it was very, it was very strange. But yeah, you're, we we do occasionally get those questions even now. It's it's always interesting to me. This is going to be a very interesting episode, John. You have so much knowledge about Dragon Gate, Chris. You, you too, maybe not as much as John, but myself. I mean, I have very limited when it comes to, I guess, you know, the, the real deep, deep history of Dragon Gate. I'm not I'm a complete rookie here. I know the wrestlers. I, I've seen matches, but I just don't follow it as much as I do New Japan, you know, or WWE or TNA, anything like that. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting for me as a, a newcomer here to the to the theme histories of these units, sort of learning about them and sort of, you know, going from theme to theme, seeing how they evolve. So it's going to be really, really cool to uh, learn, I guess, be the learner now instead of, you know, being the, the teacher. Exactly. It's going to be an educational experience for you, Definitely an educational experience for me because I still have a lot to learn and hopefully for you, the listener. And I think this is such a meaty topic here because I'm sure John can attest to this. The heel unit in Dragon Gate and going back to Toriumon is such an integral part of the promotion. It's such a central fixture of how they book the promotion that it's only fitting that this would be a lot of people's introduction to Dragon Gate, one of the meatiest topics that, that you could possibly cover. Yeah, well, I, I always say that, it's to me, it's one of the biggest indicators of the quality of the promotion at the time is what, what the heel unit's like at the time. Because if you have a crappy heel unit, the promotion's probably not in a great period. And if you have a, a really strong heel unit that's like really mixing it up with the, with the baby faces and really causing chaos in the shows, it's probably a really good period of Dragon Gate. I mean, th- that doesn't always hold true but i feel like it it holds true a lot of the time throughout the history right and as we will see there have been some really really good periods and some not so good periods here (laughs) there's what there's a the theme song is going to be fun to talk about versus the unit because there's a couple here that i love their themes but the actual unit is kind of (laughs) garbage so (laughs) we'll talk about those i guess isn't that true for a lot of wrestlers though that that's know, true. that is true. You know, theme song is amazing. Wrestler, eh, take it or leave it. You know. 
it's probably going to be a very positive episode other than oh yeah uh like there's one or two themes i don't really like here one of them is going to get me like uh, attacked by one of my co-hosts i guess (laughs) i guess we'll talk about that later now one last thing before we do get into our first theme here i just wanted to take a moment to just kind of break down dragon gate's in-house production team because I mentioned this at the end of the last episode, but I really do feel that in terms of just in-house music production, I think Dragon Gate is the best company doing it right now. Whenever you watch a Dragon Gate show, especially a big show or a Corkin, there's an atmosphere and there's a presentation that really elevates what is already great talent and great booking and great storylines and makes the whole thing just feel like such a special little package that you're just so, so delighted to be watching. And the music really, really plays into that big time, I feel. Ready and go. From the beginning of the show, when you hear Dragonstorm and Spacegate, and when you hear all the little interstitial music in between the matches, or when there's a Brave Gate defense, or a Triangle Gate defense, or a Twin Gate defense, or a Dream Gate defense, they all have their own little musical interlude, and it all feels like such a great flowing production. It just really elevates the product to feel like a big league product. And that's one of the things that I love so much about Dragon Gate is the production and the presentation of it. And the actual theme songs themselves are no different. I think they are all really well composed. I think they all really fit in for the most part with the wrestler or unit that they're for. And this is all thanks to the production team that is headed by Yatsuka Nakazawa, who is Dragon Gate's music and live sound producer as well as the CEO of Dragon Gate Records. Now, if you look up Dragon Gate on iTunes or on Amazon or on Spotify, you're not going to find a whole lot. But if you do search for specific artists, you will find some of the themes available for purchase or for streaming. And another one of those people is Yohei. Y-O-H-E-I. Kamatsu? No, not Kamatsu. And not Yohei from Dove Pro either. (laughs) Yohei one of the main composers of Dragon Gate themes. We're going to encounter a lot of Yohei themes on this episode. So if you do a search for Yohei on Spotify or iTunes, you're going to find a treasure trove of stuff. As well as Aki, A-K-I, and Akma, A-C-M-A. They are some of the central figures that we're going to be encountering here on this episode. And it's all kind of produced into a nice little package by Yatsuka Nakazawa. Mm -hmm. There is quite a bit of Dragon Gate music available internationally if you do look and you are savvy enough to kind of find it and you don't just search Dragon Gate and nothing comes up. Most of the themes that we're going to be discussing in this episode are available on the Open the Music Gate Unit History album. So if you are interested in obtaining a lot of these themes, that is where you can find them. There's only a few that aren't. Um, so have you seen the CD on, on, on sale online anywhere, though? Because it's been a while since I've seen it. I haven't seen it for sale internationally, but a lot of the themes that are on, especially when you get into like Blood Warriors and Mad Blanky and Berserk, those are available on iTunes and Amazon. The Unit History CD, the way I understand it was that was a limited release, even in Japan. So I don't know if it's that easy to track down. Maybe if you look on Japanese Amazon, but I was lucky enough to get one when I was in Japan last year. Um, They were just selling them at the show. So... I don't know if they're still easy to obtain or not, but the last time I was looking, I couldn't really find any. But yeah, all of them, almost all the theme songs. If you if you go on um, Japanese iTunes, which is people think that's hard, it's really not. It's just like all you have to do is look up an address of a hotel in Tokyo, 
buy a Japanese iTunes gift card, and boom, you have Japanese iTunes. <laughs> it's not that hard. And you can you can even sign up for Japanese Apple Music. Oh, wow. That's what I did. That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is on there. So you, if you, you can find it through that. But the actual CD from what I understand, might not be available new anymore. Yeah, that's that's really cool that you do have the album, though. That's awesome. But if anyone listening out there does want to track down some of these themes and, and figure out how you can purchase them or get your hands on them or whatever the case, just hit us up on Twitter and, and we'll try to steer you in the right direction as best as we can. The other thing yeah. I want to mention, too, about searching by the artist, if you're ever in a karaoke place in Japan, you can find a lot, like a bunch of these songs actually, like, in the karaoke machine, yeah. really? Like they have, they have break up. They have like the real hazard theme. Break on oh, through. Cool. They have, they have a bunch of them. So yeah, if you just search like by Yohei and search by Akma, and you'll find them. You can't like he, like he was saying, searching by Dragon Gate doesn't work. But yeah, if you really want to karaoke the real hazard theme. <laughs> it can't. It can, it can be done. It is my dream to to karaoke the real hazard theme. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, I've bought a lot of Yohei's music. He has a bunch of albums and EPs available on on Amazon and iTunes. And if you like the music that you're going to hear, then you're definitely going to like the rest of what you hear from Yohei. So definitely something I would recommend checking out. I think I think we're ready to get into our first theme here. What about you? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. In the words of Prince, Chris and John, let's go crazy. <laughs> we're starting off with... A unit that started out actually before Dragon Gate even existed. This is back from the Toriumon era. This is for the unit Crazy Max. This is a song by Akma, and this is Crazy Circus. So this is our first theme, and what stands out to me right off the bat here is, I guess in a lot of instances, in terms of not just Dragon Gate themes, but also wrestler themes, name-checking yourself uh, is sort of a part of it. Crazy Max, so it's kind of a, something I've always like liked, I guess, sort of like a, a guilty pleasure, wrestlers name-checking themselves in their own songs. That's one of the great things about Dragon Gate themes or Toriumon themes going back. You know who it is within the first second because they always have a great tag at the beginning, a great little stinger. You also have some chirping birds here, yes. which really, it creates the atmosphere right from the get-go. It really, with that sounder, it creates the whole vibe that this is going to be crazy and kind of wacky, but still really cool. And this theme manages to get that across pretty well. It sounds like a rock and roll circus. Mm -hmm. It also has an exotic kind of feel to it. You have some great harmony guitars for the main riff. You have a really groovy kind of rhythm section, which musically actually reminds me a lot of Shima's theme, Me Gusta Cola. So that kind of carried over, because this being Shima's unit, kind of carrying over to his own singles theme, that's something that I love. This is a really fun song, I think. See, I'm I'm not as big of a fan of this as I am of a lot of the other themes. It's, it's a very wacky song, and it fits Crazy Max, because they were a very wacky unit, but... This is honestly one that I probably skip more than a lot of the other um, Heo Unit themes when I'm listening. But yeah, it just doesn't do a lot for me. But I, I, I get the appeal. But it's just never been one of my favorites. But I was not a big Crazy Max fan back then, which I know is almost sacrilegious to say now. 
It was just they were just never my unit. I guess to give a little background, I first got into Torimon around 2002, which had been like when Torimon 2000 Project was going on, and um, Milano Collection AT was kind of like my big my big gateway. At the time, the big feud was like Italian Connection versus Crazy Max, and I was very much on the Italian Connection side. So I just really like Crazy Max, and Crazy Max were the baby faces in that feud, but like they just to me they were just the heels. So <laughs> it's a it's a cool song i guess it's just never been one of my favorites but it definitely fits them yeah definitely it definitely fits them especially with a unit called crazy max you need like a crazy frantic energetic song you're very madcap uh i don't know about you guys but the song itself sounds kind of like uh we are number one by from lazy town Remember that song? Not really. You know, it's like a it's like a big meme on the internet. You know, we are number one. Hey, it's a whole big thing. It's like a it's this European, like it's Swedish kids show. So it's got kind of like a that kind of vibe to it as well. But yeah, I don't know if we want to talk about the history of Crazy Max at all. But they're they're the the ones that are very borderline to even include on this because probably by the time they were using the song. I don't know exactly when they started using the song, but by then they were already not really the heel unit, quote unquote, of Toriumon. Um, they have been ursefed in that category by M2K, but you know they're never really baby. They were they, they were kind of like the chaos of Toriumon, I guess, to compare it to a current New Japan reference. They would go through these little periods where they would try to like reestablish their heel cred, but it's pretty clear. By like 2001, they were just really another babyface army. I don't know. I don't have a lot else to say, but Crazy Max is a, I mean, it's a legendary unit and probably we wouldn't have Dragon Gate today without it. Just, you know, mm. they were never, they were never my faves. And that carries over to this song too. The song is, song is cool, but it's not one of my favorites. Yeah. If I could just mention one more thing, there's a part where it's like after this weird vocal part, where it's like buried vocals, but before a, like this big bass riff, there's this guitar riff. It's like two minutes in, that reminds me of a lot of uh, the song Stop by Jane's Addiction. It's got a nice little like shuffle guitar type of thing that was pretty cool. So we go from the Crazy Circus to another Crazy Max theme. This one's done by a band called The Blank Generation, and this is Mad Dog Combat Version. So this was the, I guess, the big match theme, according to my notes here, for Crazy Max. Like we said on the New Japan Greatest Music 5 episode, Chris, you know, there aren't a lot of big match themes out there. We had, you know, Kenny Omega, Okada, you know, Wrestle Kingdom themes, their version of that song. But there really aren't a lot of big match themes for wrestlers in general. So it's kind of cool how Crazy Max had these two different types of themes. Definitely cool. I mean, this was a whole different song. I like that concept that it's kind of like when Kenny Omega switches his tights to say, when I have these black tights on, I'm not fucking around anymore. So when Crazy Max comes out to this theme, it's maybe like, we're not fucking around anymore. 
And right from the get-go, you can tell no one's fucking around because it opened up with what sounds like a machine gun, or or it could be well, a helicopter. It's supposed to be, yeah, it's supposed to be a helicopter. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought, yeah. I thought so, but it sounded a little bit weird. It could have gone either way. So a helicopter, which complete contrast from Crazy Circus, which opens up with chirping birds. So right away, you know that this is more suited for some serious business. Very shield-like, you know. Charlie, India, Mike, Alpha, Shima. Banner, well, the, the, the shield's a great comparison because it's it was kind of like, like we used to call it at the time the SWAT theme because they would come out to this theme and they would have these vests on Ooh. and it was like basically like we're going to war. That was like their war theme. They didn't use this that often, which was very rare actually. Like I, I was surprised when I got the CD and it was on there. Like the the most famous example I can think of is when they the really really big match against the Italian Connection during that feud at the Toriyaman versus T2P show in 2002. It was like a really big six man tag match. It was Milano Yoshino and brother Yasini at the time against Shima Don Fuji and Taru for the UWA Trios titles. They came out to the theme and they had the vest on, like basically saying like we're here to go to fucking war. This is it. Like we're going, we're representing Toriyaman against this other T2P promotion, and we're this is war now. So like that's the biggest example I can think of, of when they use that theme. I don't they they probably only used it a handful of other times. But yeah, I love this song. Like I I wish this had been the the real Toriyaman theme song. It just it has this like really cool punk vibe and like I, it just it sounds like a bunch of guys who are like pissed off. It's very, ser- very serious, very, very yeah. serious, yeah. You know, that's interesting that it was only used a couple of times. It's, it's kind of like the burning hammer of themes, if you will. <laughs> mm. I mean, I could just be forgetting or not thinking of other times it was used, but I'm pretty sure, like, I've definitely only heard it a few times. So it's a pretty rare theme, I believe. And I, I just think it's such a great contrast to, like, the, the wacky, crazy circus theme to, like, be like, no, this is, this is it. Now shit's real. But yeah, I, re- I really like this song a lot. Maybe you guys caught this, maybe you didn't, but when I heard that guitar riff that comes like, you know, right out of the gate, that da-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na, I immediately thought of Naito's theme, Stardust. Not the main, you know, sort of ravey riff in it, but after that whole sort of section, there's a part where it's like very guitarish, where it's yep, just that. Yeah, that's that's a very similar type of riff. Yeah, that's that's cool. I didn't, I didn't think of that either. You know what I like about this is that while the guitars are heavier, and you know you have like a this chance of fight, and it's heavier and it's more intense and it's more serious, it's really not that far off from the kind of song that Crazy Circus was, barring all the wacky elements that that theme had. They're actually kind of similar. And interestingly enough, Crazy Circus by Akma, this is by a band called The Blank Generation, which I tried to look up but could not find a whole lot of information on. John, are you familiar at all with The Blank Generation? I have uh, no idea. <laughs> no, sorry. Sometimes, especially for, I guess, maybe a, a smaller tier Japanese band, there's not a whole lot of info online that we can find that's accessible to us. Yeah, it's probably in Japanese. Um, Yeah. yeah. But, no, I think this is a really cool song. I thought, you know, this sounds like something that would be in a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater video game. Yeah, sort of. Has that kind of vibe to it. Andrew, did you do, like, a a lyric, a lyrical analysis of this? I, I, listen, (laughs) 
most of the times, you know, you know my, my, my superpower is lyrical breakdowns, as we all know, but a lot of these Dragon Gate themes, it's so hard to really, except the ones we found online, it's so hard to really get the lyrics for. Not only are you know, buried in the mix too much. Obviously, with this one, you got, you know, fight, 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 you know, I think, uh, what's the other one? To death, suicide, like, you know. I was more wondering what he's saying right before he says, like, mad. Oh, yeah, uh, you, you can't say mad dogs, you can't say mad dogs, you can't say, I think it's, I that, thought that's what he said, but that that's just sense. me. There, there's, yeah. one, there's one song in particular that we'll get to at the very end where I'm hoping your gift can tell us, <laughs> can, solve, can solve the mystery of what the fuck they're saying at the start of that song. <laughs> but, um... Anyway, I guess we'll get there when we get there. All right, well, we're going to leave Crazy Max behind us, and we're going to move on to our next heel unit. Uh, this is still sort of in the Toriumon era, and this is for the unit M2K, and this is by a band called The Michelle Gun Elephant, and this is a song called GWD. This is a band that I actually know very well. Well, I mean, obviously, first I heard this song when I was getting into Dragon Gate, but then years later, when I was just getting really into Japanese indie music, I came across the band. I was like, holy shit, that's the band that does the M2K thing. But yeah, they're like really, they're pretty famous in Japan for like what I would call indie level, what started out as an indie level band at least. Um, I don't remember the exact year they broke up, but when they did the, the breakup tour, like it was, it was kind of an acrimonious breakup. So they, they did like a long tour, and like the last slide did something like sixty thousand fans or something. So they were a pretty big deal, and they broke up. But they're hmm. they're very like garage rock heavy band. Um, and also, did you guys look up the story of how where they got this name? No, no. There's apparently a record called Machine Gun Etiquette, <laughs> and they and one of the guys, one of the Japanese guys in the band called it like. Tried to tried to read the album title oh. and came out with Michelle Gun Elephant. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how that's there, how there the you go. Went. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. To me, it sounds very much in the vein of garage rock, you know, hard rock kind of thing. It sounds like a Japanese version of like Queens of the Stone Age, you know, or, or the Strokes or something like that. It's very very heavy with the guitars and that kind of stuff, but also sort of modernized too. So well, something like 1998, I think, I believe, is the year. That makes sense in that in, in that general area, that general year. You know? Yeah. So the fact that this was actually a pretty well known band, or at least a decently well known band, I guess that might also explain why this song was used by Takashi Sugiura. Yes, Takashi Sugiura used it. Um, so, so they don't have the rights to this, by the way. So, like, if you, if you ever, a few times they've used it in the modern era, like when they're doing M2K reunions or something, they always have to scrub it from the home release and from the, right. from like the online streaming. So, but yeah, they don't have the rights to this song. This is, this was in like the pre, at this point before Dragon Gate, they would still use, um, like unlicensed music, basically. So this would be this is one of them, and the other big one, obviously, we're gonna talk about, I think, too. But yeah, they don't have the rights to this, but it's just it's just a really cool song, I guess. And like they were, it, it really fits M2K's whole vibe because M2K, they were these punk kids, you know. That was M2K. They were like Mochizuki, Mochizuki, and Kanda, hence M2K. And uh. you know, they 
they would ride these fucking kickboards to the ring. Remember kickboards? <laughs> and, I, and they I, were yes. <laughs> and they would wear like these. Uh, they had these these jackets that were called Yokosuka jumpers, um, based on Susumu's hometown of Yokosuka, which ended up being his leading change when they broke up. But yeah, they were just, they were punks. That was their whole gimmick. They would come out and they would just be annoying assholes, and they would, you know, they they were they were the original superhero unit in Toriyama because you know Crazy Max were jerks, but M2K, M2K did all sorts of crazy shit. They were the greatest. I mean, that that whole run kind of ended at the end of 2001 when um, Masaki Mochizuki lost his hair to Shima, which was like the, the end of the original Crazy Max versus M2K feud. And then things kind of got, um, well, we'll talk about it actually when we get to the next one, I guess. Yeah, the whole period was really cool. But yeah, I'm 2K. The, the, the theme song, this is one of my favorites because the theme song just, it, enca- it encapsulates the, the unit. They, w- they were punks. They were like these little fucking punks that you hated. Perfect. <laughs> See, that's awesome because I was going to ask you about that because obviously I didn't watch in real time. So neither Andrew or I can speak to how this really fit them as a unit. So that's great that we have this context with you. And, you know, sometimes I feel that there may be a little bit of a disconnect when using a song from an outside band, but it seems like this fit M2K to a T, as you say, and M2K also a unit that went through a few different incarnations, some more successful than others. <laughs> yeah. But I guess we'll touch on that. They, they continued using this, this song even as Shin M2K, which was like their, the second M2K, which, you know, the next the next song we're going to talk about was... And basically, M2K had like a weird split where the group that continued on as M2K eventually became Doofixer when Magnum Tokyo took over as leader. Mm-hmm. And then Mochizuki made his own new M2K, which and Shin. Shin is Japanese for new, everybody. So Shin mm-hmm. M2K, and that, but that was just a babyface unit that just took a bunch of the guys from the Toriyaman home army, which people, the fans really thought was stupid. So they, they still had this theme song. They still had uh, the kickboards and the jackets, but they were baby faces now. Hmm. And the fans were like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, it, it's basically like at the NW... Well, it, you know, it's like the NW Wolfpack, kind of, except I don't even think they were as cool as the Wolfpack. And I don't think the Wolfpack was that cool. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, so they were like the NW Wolfpack, I guess, except even worse, I think. After that, though, we had Final M2K, which was kind of like Jesus a, Christ! How many? Yeah. Fucking, uh, <laughs> well, it, it was the last Mikaeli, and that one was kind of like Mochizuki, and like it basically brought together members of both M2Ks and a new babyface unit. And it was important to have the M2K name when Toriyama became Dragon Gate, so that's why they did that was to give fans like a reassuring thing like a comforting thing that they were familiar with. But Final MTK used a totally different theme song, thankfully, which I didn't have us include here because it's, it's not a heel theme song. It's a Final MTK is a baby face unit. But that was the, that's the, that's the long involved story of MTK. <laughs> but yeah, this song lasted a long time. It was great for the original MTK. It really was not good for Shin MTK. It'd be like the wolf pack coming out to the black and white music, but, but as baby faces, it just doesn't work. Mm. So John, you mentioned the splintering of M2K. One of those splinter off factions became Doofixer, which is the subject of our next theme. This is by another outside artist. This is by a man named John Robinson. And this is in a completely different direction from from GWD, no doubt about it. This is Tokyo Go.
Tokyo. Tokyo. I want to see you go. I love it. I love it so much. I gotta make you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is such fun. This is like such a great like fun theme song because it's like like it's just a complete 180 from M2K GWD. This is Eurodance at its finest. Did you guys watch the video on YouTube, by the way? Yes. The video is awesome. Some background, I guess. This was Magnum Tokyo's theme song already, um, like even when he was a babyface. Right. And he turns heel. He joins M2K as their new leader. They basically, he makes them all get dance lessons. As like, <laughs> as like, so, well, they, they kind of did that on their own, actually. Like Genki Horiguchi and Kness, like they pay thousands of dollars, supposedly, for these dance lessons. <laughs> And to try to entice Maiden to join, and that basically ends up with um, M2K into Do Fixer as a period where they're just they're Magnum's backup dancers. Like that's what they were. It, it, this song would play, or one of the many remixes of this song Maiden Tokyo would use. And you know he would come out and he would do this elaborate dance, and all the other Do Fixer members would just dance in the background. And that was the theme. So that's this isn't the official Do Fixer theme, and there is another Do Fixer theme bouncing that's on the unit CD. That song was, I think, only used once they were baby faces, and it's just mm-hmm. a really wacky song. It's not really even worth talking about. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but like this would be the theme from their heel run, from their original run, and like, you know, it's not their official unit theme, but it might as well be, because yeah. that's all they were were backup dancers for Magnum. He had so many. I feel the need to like really put, drive home there were so many remixes of the song there was this song, this website i was trying like crazy to remember the name of it it might have been shining wizard it was a website that had like a, a purisu theme directory and we're talking like probably like 2003 here and you know we could go in and download japanese wrestling themes if you go into the toriumon folder at the time like it was just like six different versions of <laughs> magnum tokyo's theme song because it had so many different versions he used so like the the one we played as the original one, he did use that plenty. But like he had like a big match version, he had like a another big match version, <laughs> he had just like a wacky version. Like he just had all these versions of the theme song. So I mean, you could listen to like you could watch like three different Toriyama shows from this period and hear three different versions of Tokyo Go. It was really. Fun. I, have a, I have a feeling with Magnum Tokyo, a guy like him, excess is the best. <laughs> like just him, him dancing everywhere. Like you need like you know excess. A lot of lot, give me any every theme in the match. Give me every remix. Give, give me it all. You know it's very very fitting for for Magnum Tokyo. As is the style of music. You know Euro dance techno music. It's fitting for a guy who dances a lot. I feel that that is something that carries over to BB Hulk having like a million different remixes of the same song. Yeah, that's a great point. Because there's a million different BB story. Yeah, and Hulk Hulk was Tokyo's protege. Yeah, so, so that's oh, that's that's something that I think is very cool. But man, between this song and the dance, this is just way too delightful to for me to boo anybody involved. <laughs> this is just fun. Well, they didn't get booed. I mean, that's that they were heels, but like Magnum Tokyo got booed when he would when he would talk on the mic, and he would get booed. Um, I guess during some of his matches, but yeah, they when the entrance was like a it was like an event onto itself, and the crowd was <laughs> the crowd was not booing that. The crowd was half the crowd was there to see that. In all honesty. So, I mean, like that, that, that would lead to like some criticisms of Toriyama at the time when Suwa would call it, like, leave and call them the social dance promotion or whatever. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that was like, this was a big, it was a big deal at the time is the, the Magnum Tokyo dance and the, and, you know, the do fixer all dancing with them. But yeah, 
They, this was not an entrance to get him booed, even though he was the top heel. You can't hear Tokyo and just boo. It's impossible. And shout out to the Kazuki uh, Tahirata in DDT, who uses this theme song to this day now. I love, I love me some Hirata. So this song starts off as most 90s dance songs do yes. with a dramatic piano chord progression. Oh, oh, so and it just, as soon as you hear it, it sounds instantly reminiscent of so many other songs in this style, this Euro house style. Yeah. And then it just bursts into these delightful synths and the Tokyo. And it's just, it, it, it's, it's just incredible. There is actually a, a section here with a synth line that reminds me of another song in this in a similar style to this twilight zone by two unlimited a little yeah i can hear that and then the verse comes in you get that great vocal melody it's it's just so 90s and the transitions between very minor and very major key sounding sections yeah this song is just a ride man i love it i love this style of music this song is just so delightful andrew you you texted me very excited when you were listening to this oh i was i was jumping for joy when i heard this because it just fills your soul with with joy and glee it's like magnum tokyo himself you know you see a man dancing into this it's like impossible to boo, like, like we've been saying all along. Something, I don't know, maybe you heard this in the mix or not. These weird little like bubble sounds, like that boop, yeah, yeah, boop, yeah. boop. It sounds like either bubbles or Super Mario jumping. <laughs> you know, it's like, like boop, boop. So there's the mix there. But overall, I mean, it's uh, it's incredible. I feel the need to point out too, it, I, I loved him as a, like, as a kid when I was watching this originally. But like, it's a good thing he had this theme because he was garbage in the ring. Like he was absolute... <laughs> garbage so this like this theme and that and and that gimmick and the dancing like that made his career and my and and to be fair i thought he had a lot of charisma he had a lot of presence there's a few matches of his that i really like like the the milano collection at match i think is the big one but like god it, all those matches with shimo they're all so bad <laughs> Like, ugh. That's something that anytime I've ever heard you talk about Magnum Tokyo or read something mentioning Magnum Tokyo, I'm like, oh, wow. So he wasn't good then. <laughs> no, he was really bad. And, I, and I, I was in denial of it for a long time. But like when I go back and watch now, I'm just like, what the, what the hell was I ever defending? He was so terrible. He would just kill these dudes with these kicks, too. Like I've always felt so bad for them watching where he he be he would be like super lazy and not do anything and then all of a sudden he just start kicking people in the face and it's like okay man. My first memory of Magnum Tokyo actually was uh, uh, WCW World War Three nineteen ninety eight the that that three ring battle royal with like sixty guys like all the guys coming out for the entrance and uh, David Penn's to the announcer goes Magnum no no it was a. Uh, Tokyo Magnum, and you see Tokyo Magnum. Yes, come, that was the weird WCW Tokyo thing. Tokyo Magnum comes out, and he's doing that little dancing thing with like the you know arms over over his head. You know, hey Tokyo, ah! you know, it's like he's coming out of the ring. So that's my first memory of Tokyo Magnum or Magnum Tokyo, whoever wh- however you want to say it. <laughs> Why did WCW have to botch like every international wrestling? I don't know. Name? Like Ultimo, I don't know. Ultimo Dragon had to be Ultimo yes, yes, Dragon. yes, yes. Like, Ultimate Dragon. Hell? Yeah. Anyway, I don't. That's my little like when, the first time I heard that going back and watching, I was like. Why did they reverse his name? I don't understand. It's not like it makes more sense or anything. It's just Tokyo Magnum. <laughs> Especially the way Dave, the way David Penzer would announce guy's name, where he'd be like, <laughs> so it just sounds extra stupid. Did you do you guys know how he was written off WWE television? No. So he's in the ring with Alex Wright and Disco Inferno, and, and I guess he got pinned or something. And Alex Wright goes tell go, tells him to go commit Halakili. 
which is suicide. Oh, suicide. And he wouldn't, and, oh, and he, he leaves and we never see him again. So I guess in WWE oh, no. universe, oh, God. He, 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 he's, he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. So like Magnum Tokyo, the Tim white of WCW. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on, guys, to our next theme here. Our next unit, this is The Italian Connection. And uh, this is a song called Milano Fever. This is one of my favorites ever. Like, oh, first yeah. of all, I mean, Milano Collection T is probably the reason why I'm still in this godforsaken <laughs> wrestling fandom like I, like he he came along at a time when i was like waning in wwe interest and like really gripped me and made me a toriumon fan and you know i guess when what i am today but i his theme song is so good um I mean, this is actually milano's second theme because the, originally the, the it was just the, the original version called europa is like basically everything after the the introduction you know um, when it just kind of turns into like a wacky Italian song, I guess. <laughs> like that's the original. It's basically everything without the intro. Mm-hmm. This is the theme song that I would closely associate with the Italian Connection too, because they would almost always come out to this. So, and they were the they were briefly the top heel unit, even though Milano and Yoshino were barely heels. Really, like they didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. They didn't really do anything particularly heelish, except be be confident and win all the time, I guess. But. But yeah, the, the rest of Italian Connection were certainly heels, and it would lead into the split that forms the next unit we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this song is, I mean, I, this is the kind of song where I used to just go back and just hit reverse and just listen to that intro <laughs> over and over and over and over again. I love the intro so much. I don't really care about the rest of the song, but that intro is just the greatest thing ever. Let me tell you, that's exactly what I was doing when I was listening to this in preparation for this episode, because, oh my God, this intro, if this ever came on at like a party or something, you would never see someone lose control of their limbs the way I would. Like this, as soon as this hits, you know, f- forget about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God, I love this. I love everything about this song and this unit, especially the Italian style names. Oh. <laughs> it's so wacky and delightful. My, my favorite thing, yeah. my favorite thing ever is that, like, yeah, Kanduti Suji and like <laughs> Baker Yadi. <laughs> the best thing about the Italian connection is that the start of 2003, when Milano brings them all out there to admit they're not really Italian, and and like and Kandari Shuji is like I don't even like fashion. They're named after a famous district, but then they all continue on anyway. Like for months, like they come out, they come out in January 2003 and announce they're not Italian. Kandari Shuji is like I hate that I don't like fashion, but they keep they all keep the names. For like six months after this, like, what the hell was the point of that? I remember reading that in your timeline piece and just <laughs> thinking that was an absolutely incredible. It was like, and the fans were all like dying. If you watch that segment, the fans were just like dying with laughter. So it was great as a comedy. So it, it kind of sums up the first half of 2003, where it's like 
the shit's hilarious, but like I don't know what the heck it's supposed to. It's it's, it's really funny, but it's not really bringing out any other emotions in me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Italian connection. They're they're awesome. Yeah. I love them. Yeah, yeah th- this was a unit that I really wish I had been watching in real time. And like Milano himself, just a guy I really wish I would have been watching in real time as well, because everything I've ever seen of him, I just love. He he was just great. I was lucky enough to see him a bunch of times when he came to the states, and yeah, he was. He was fantastic. I mean, he's still one of my favorite my favorites of all time. It's too bad that his career got got mm-hmm. cut so short by the yeah. eye injury. The first time I saw Milano was uh, TNA World X Cup 2008. Oh yeah, he was he was like the, I think he was the captain of Team Japan. It was Milano, Doi, Yoshino, and Puma as Team Japan. You know, Perkins, TJ Perkins, and um, you know Milano coming out with the Invisible Dog. And just, just like that dog oh, had a name, incredible. Sir. Oh, excuse me, excuse, excuse me, enlighten me. Excuse me. <laughs> but yeah, seeing him come out with the invisible dog and and the, you know, the jacket and everything and the sunglasses. I mean, just you know, the way he moved in the ring, the the moves he would use, just in, really, really cool. And, and it's, like I said, Chris, a shame that you know another one of those guys whose career was cut so short with an injury. And as far as the theme goes, I mean, very much akin to Tokyo Go. Very dancey, very Euro-flavored, uh, much more of an Italian samba feel to it as, as well. Uh, also, a lot of crowd arena effects. Yeah. If you notice this, uh, yeah, a lot of whistles, a lot of crowd noise. Uh, it's like a, it's like a, so- it's like a soccer game, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, I think the idea was it was supposed to be like, you know, um, like a European soccer mar- theme, basically. Mm-hmm. Is that what I think that was the whole idea. So yeah. the idea was like all of Italy was behind this clearly Japanese man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know why he has this gimmick, by the way? No, because his his long, like scraggly limbs reminded uh, Ultimo Dragon of pasta. <laughs> like that's why he, he originally called him Pasta Pete. And then, and then, so there you go. And he, and he really liked pasta too, apparently. I will say it's so weird to me looking back and seeing Masato Yoshino as this Yoshino <laughs> character. Well, people. With the, with the long hair and the Italian tights, like this is the same guy. Like this is a speedster. What the hell is this? Wait a like, second, though. Do people understand that that's why? Like I've always wondered this is like for newer fans. That's why his theme song says there's lightning in the jungle because he was a Tarzan. That was his gimmick. He was Italian Tarzan. He had like the he was like a jungle boy. So you know, no one no one told him that there weren't really jungles in Italy. But you know, <laughs> I mean, like it, there's. That was his gimmick, Italian Tarzan. So I wonder if even new fans even know that. That's something that you also included in in that timeline piece on on Italian Connection. And I was just wondering, like, how do you get Italian Tarzan? Like, how, where does that <laughs> connection, <laughs> where does that happen? They thought he looked like Tarzan, and they put him in the Italian Connection. That's pretty much it. <laughs> like, he, a, I mean, a he was... B, Chris. A to B. There you go. <laughs> oh, silly me. He was so popular, though, like... I, he, like Oshino was by far um, one of the most popular guys during this period. So that, that that's what made his heel turn in Blood Generation so shocking. And when he cut off the hair too, like people were like, oh. Uh. But yeah, but but they kept the theme. The theme song, his original theme song before you know Speed Start is Lightning in the Jungle. They kept that part, but like the, the actual song itself is completely different because it used to be like mm-hmm. a it used to sound like he's freaking Tarzan like you know had all the animal sounds and everything <laughs> but they they kept the lightning in the jungle thing for whatever reason and I, I thank god they did honestly like can you imagine not hearing lightning in the jungle that's one of the best intros to any theme song ever it's speed star <laughs> there's lightning in the jungle <laughs> sorry i won't do that too many times that's okay listen, <laughs> oh feel listen, free karaoke is 
encouraged immensely in this podcast. So don't. It's actually it, mandatory. So, yes. so, so, so you just filled in that quota there. Yeah. As far as Milano fever again, just that intro transitioning to the more like traditional Italian sounding day. Like this, this piano chord progression here. I feel like I've heard this a million times in other places. And I just have no idea what it is. I feel like I've heard it like all over, like in movies and advertising. This like, oh yeah, like I feel like it's all over the place. I heard it in a Dying of the Day, the James Bond movie, when he was in Cuba. It's it's very stereotypical, stock, you know, yeah, like Latin flavor, Italian flavor, the type of thing. It's very, it's moving and grooving, Chris. You know, it's it's, it's very, <laughs> oh it's, it's yeah, that beat to it. So you know, we move on now to the last heel unit before Dragon Gate. This is a unit called Agan Isu. This is by, again, another song by Akma. This is The Eastern Red Beast. Yeah, so Agan... Um I, I briefly referenced this when I was talking about the Italian connection. This is basically all the heels in Italian connection um, when they split off from Milano and Yoshino. So this happened like towards the end of 2003. Um, so, so it's like Tom Duddy Shuji. He shortens his name to just Dadi Shuji, which was really funny to me for some reason at <laughs> the time. And like eventually he would go by his real name of Shuji Kondo. And then yes. Brother Yasini becomes Brother Yashi. Um, Toru Washi joins him. He had been kind of like an unaffiliated like big monster heel at the time in T2P. And uh, they didn't get their name though until, and their theme song for a while after that. Um, they they were first a group called, they were called like Giants. Then they were called Hagari Gundam, which basically means like army, a stray army basically. And then at the start of 2004, Masaki Mochizuki turned heel, which was a really big deal at the time. He turns on what was left of Shin M2K to go back to his heel roots and join these guys, and then they got their official name, which mm. is Aganisu. And they also got this theme song. Agan Aganisu, by the way, if you're wondering what that means, <laughs> it's it's a very like this is a if you were a fan at the time, you probably remember like Jay Jay, who is one of like the one of the better per- people I feel like or, or at speaking Japanese in the Puro community, even back then, he could not figure out what the hell this meant. Because it was like a really old, really obscure kanji that they were using and like it had no it had no meaning in modern Japanese but basically it seems like it means something like the villains all wear the same colors or um, the hoodlums all dress similarly like it's really it's tough to translate apparently but that's what that means and they got their official theme song soon after that and this is like the last Toyumon Hill unit because they still existed in mid 2004 which is when the Toyumon to Dragon Gate changeover happens and then they end up having the pretty infamous uh, mass firing where all the members got fired at the end of 2004. Um, so Kondo, Sugawara, Yashi, and God, Awashi all got fired. Yeah, at the end of 2004. So that ne- that necess- necessitated the beginning of a new Dragon Gate Hero unit, which mm-hmm. I guess we'll talk about next. But all that said, as for the actual song, I think it's okay. I, don't, I never really liked the unit or the song. So um, I, I feel like this song is, I don't know, maybe you maybe I'm going crazy and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong here. I feel like this song is trying to be the M2K song again. Like, I feel like it's kind of trying to reference yeah. GWD. It's very going back to that roots of serious hard rock, 
you know, straightforward, to the point guitarage. You know, it's very no you know, goofy Italian, no goofy Euro dance type stuff. It's very much we're serious heels, we're ass kickers. You know, we have hard rock guitars, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I totally got that vibe that it was trying to to reference the M2K theme, except that song was really cool. And this one is just kind of, it's, it's pretty regular. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to call it generic because it does have some cool elements to it. This could realistically be a theme for almost anyone, but yeah, I totally got that vibe that it's kind of, it's kind of going for the same vibe as the M2K theme, except this time they added the St. Anger snare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, it, it made sense at the time because, um, you know, like like I was saying before, like the first half of 2003 was so wacky. There were no real heels at all. Like, you know, the, the the supposed heels were out there doing the Italian connection gimmick and talking about how they're they're not actually Italian and continuing on anyway. Like the first half of 2003 was really, really wacky. So like it was kind of like a, a theme of, you know, okay, the fun's over now. Now we're going to be serious. Now we're just going to kick a lot of ass. But they almost went too far in that direction, which is one of the reasons why I don't like the unit to begin with. It's like the shows just end up being like Agon and every segment, just beating the crap out of everybody and like tying them up in the ropes and cutting down the ring ropes. It just, it was, the shows were no fun in in the early half of 2004. Mm. Now I will mention here that this does have a lot of the, what we will come to know as signatures for ACMA, you know, a lot of wah pedal on the guitar, octave chords a kind of a almost like a breakbeat feel to the drums this is like the list of ingredients that he sets out when he's ready to make a theme so that's something also i wanted to note but yeah i mean this is this is a pretty standard song probably the most unspectacular one that we're gonna talk about tonight i'm glad you guys agree because i always hated this song so I mean, I mean, you know, maybe I'm being too hard on it because I don't like the unit either, but I just, I never gave a crap about this song. I always skip it when it comes up. I noticed like uh, some cool elements, I guess, like the the wind chimes a little bit, you know, sparkling wind chimes underneath some of the guitar riffs. The drums did have that snare effect that, I guess, kind of like, kinda like the, uh, the Rainmaker song, that, the I guess that kind of sound to it. Other than that, like you said, Chris, very regular, very run-of-the-mill type of stuff here. Nothing to really, you know, write home about to me anyway. Moving on now to, uh, I guess, the real meat here of the Dragon Gate heel units. A unit that was actually my introduction to Dragon Gate. Uh, Blood Generation. We're sticking with Akma. And this is a song called Acid Alkaline. said Blood Generation was my introduction to Dragon Gate. I'm sure like a lot of people, you went on the internet and in like 2006 and you saw this match, Blood Generation versus Do Fixer from Supercard of Honor 2006. I was there. <laughs> I was, oh really? Yeah, it was awesome. That was the match where it's like, you've got to watch this match. And it's like, alright, I'm a young kid, I'm looking for stuff to watch, I'm looking for wrestling, I'll watch this. And out comes Shima, Naruki Doi, Masato Yoshino against Dragon Kid, Ginky Horaguchi, and Ryo Saito, and the speed 
the the moves, the adrenaline, the the crowd reactions, everything was like, what the fuck am I watching, and where can I find more of this? It was like, it, it blew my mind because at that point I was used to, you know, I had the TNX X division, but you know those guys were, you know, they had their own stuff, but like this was nothing like that. I mean, you know. Dragon Gate guys, they, they blew my mind. It was incredible. It's funny you say that because the joke we always have as like Dragon Gate fans. So by this point, 2006, I've already been a fan for like four years. And, you know, I went to Chicago. I did go to Mania that year too, but I went there to see the Dragon Gate guys in Ring of Honor. And, like, the Dragon Gate fans always joke that this wasn't even... Because they ended up getting five stars, ended up winning matches yeah. over yeah. that year. Like, this wasn't even the best blood generation versus... <laughs> fix your match like they were much better ones but if you've never seen that style before like like you apparently had i'm, I'm sure it blew your mind because it's like oh yeah how could it not but yeah like this wasn't they, they were better blood generation do fixer matches but being there live for this one too that was incredible yeah seeing dragon kid hit the dragon rana for the first time in my life it's like the end of 2001 a space odyssey just like beams of light are coming towards me i'm transforming into a baby in space like it's what the fuck did i just watch you know it's i, I think i think Nuriki joy like a doi fives off the top rope i think yeah and, and, and yep. a sliding kick it's like what the fuck was that like oh my god it was incredible it's just so much faster than anything else the first yeah. time you see it it's like yeah um but you so the, for the theme song um okay did either one of you guys listen to the song for Waku Waku Fuji Land? No. Okay. So the, I couldn't believe they put that on the album either. <laughs> so go from Waku Waku Fuji Land, which is like this child, this childish, like, not childish, <laughs> like a, a children's Japanese song. That's what it was. <laughs> to this. Because they, so after, so Crazy Max breaks up at the towards, um, I think September 2004 is when they break up. And, um, you know, Shima cries. She doesn't know what his future is going to be. Don Fuji's like, wait, I got it. We're going to we're gonna form a new Kami troupe with Stalker Ichikawa and Super Caesar, and we're going to be Waku Waku Fuji Land. <laughs> so that's what they did for, like, three months. And, um, you know, they, they're coming out to this children's song and wacky. And then all of a sudden in January um, 2005, Shima's, Shima starts saying, like, okay, well, well my real next movement is going to happen at Kurikan Hall. And at the time, everybody thought he was going to come out. Like, everybody knew he was going to turn heel. It was not really a question at the time. But everybody was like, okay, he's going to come out and announce that Agon Issue isn't fired after all, and he's their new leader. But it turned out that Agon really was fired. That was not a work. <laughs> so, no, he came out. They play this song um, on the, from the very, at the very first Kurikan, and he comes out with Don Fuji and Shingo Takagi and Stalker and Super Shiza, and... <laughs> From the fir- from the first time they come out, that you could tell, like, okay, well, this is clearly a heel theme song. Like, this song just does not sound like a babyface unit. And then Shima like dismisses uh, Caesar and Stalker immediately. He's like, okay, get out of here, you're trash. And Naruki Dory turns heel for the first time on Final M2K and in the very next match, and you get Blood Generation. And Blood Generation, you know, like without Blood Generation, there would be there wouldn't be a Dragon Gate. I mean, they like they are that important because people were at an all-time low for the fan base because they just lost Agon. They were about to lose Milano about a month later. I think he left in February or March 2005. And what kept Dragon Gate going and what really built the fan base up again was the Blood Generation versus Doofixer feud and those incredible matches that, you know, eventually that happened all year in 2005 and that we eventually got, you know, an, an incredible match on our shores too in 2006. But that feud and that saved the company. 
Like it's not, it really is not an exaggeration to say that without that few, we wouldn't have a dragon gate. So um, blood generation is very important. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying to the start of every heal unit that we talk about from now on is going to bleed right into the next heal unit. When that unit breaks up, it's only because the next heal unit formed and it always forms with people from the last unit. So they each, they bleed into each other, hmm. which, which isn't the case for Toriumon. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the theme itself goes, I, I, I mean, it's a great theme. Um, the moment the sirens hit, you would, you yeah. always know that basically like, you know, shit's about to get real. Serious business. So. It's like, uh, it's a different siren than we're used to in wrestling. It's not like the police siren or the ambulance siren. It's like a nuclear reactor is going off <laughs> or like a submarine is diving. You know, it's like, it's like, just imagine, imagine Don Fuji in a sailor's outfit, you know, in a submarine going, dive, dive, dive. That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, this is one of the first ones. Actually, this is the first one that did trigger a memory for me because much like Andrew, my first real exposure to Dragon Gate talent was through Ring of Honor in that time period. I had a friend who bought every show on DVD at that time. So I got exposed to a lot of stuff. And then through TNA, like Andrew also mentioned, and then through DGUSA, but I didn't start really following hardcore until 2014. But up until this time, I had at different points from different promotions been exposed to a lot of Dragon Gate talent. But this is the first one that I can trace back and say, I remember this theme because as soon as I heard it, I was like, holy shit, I remember this. I'm very impressed that I actually did. The intro is one of my favorites ever. It's just like, you know, that siren of that. And then then like it just kind of like builds and builds and builds until you get to that to the real beginning of the song. This was another case for me where it's like this riff, this certain riff sounds familiar. What is what is this? Chris, you maybe might get this. The Rush song Xanadu. Uh, There's a riff in that where it goes like... I heard this song, Acid Alkaline, I was like, I was like, wait a minute, that's that's Xanadu, that's Rush. So it's like a lovely little like you know connection there between Rush and Dragon Gate, which uh, my ears are finally tuned to the uh, the riffs of Alex Lifeson. So there you go. See, when you mentioned that that there was a song that reminded you of a Rush song, I was I was trying to think like what could this possibly be, and I was like going through everything because I'm a gigantic Rush fan as well. So I was like, oh, I, I really want to know what this is. Yeah, that's very reminiscent of of Xanadu. Now this kind of reminds me of there is this production music library. I'm not sure the official title, but from one of the radio stations I work at, we have it called Big Beats, and this is actually where the original Hardy Boys entrance music comes from. Not the one that they're using on TV now, but the one that, it was in the WrestleMania 2000 video game, and it sounded like... It's like really wacky. <laughs> I, really, I really don't remember this at all. Wow. Yeah, it was it was really weird. And also Orlando Jordan's theme comes from this <laughs> music library. So this reminds me so much of that style of music, that big beats style of of instrumental. This reminds me so much of that. And I really think that this is a super, super catchy song with that lead guitar with, again, lots of wah pedal. Listen, Akama may very well be Kirk Hammett under a moniker <laughs> because, my God, does this man love his wah pedal. 
Uh, let me tell you, it, it's it, he's got it on all the songs. Before we move on to the remix of the song, I want to mention, I guess, the end of the song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a, like a, a little bonus treat where it's like, goes from like guitar spirally thing, like, it just builds and builds, builds like a climax. Then it's like a five-second pause of silence, and all of a sudden you hear... complete switch over to hip-hop and it's like again where have i heard this type of thing before steal my sunshine by len (laughs) the song the whole song is like all very pop i was walking down the best steal my son very in the song is like it's like very you know hip-hop so it's like the transition you know to my sunshine is indie pop to hip-hop this is more hard rock electronic to hip-hop so I just I just laughed when I heard that that stuff. So very funny. I want to I want to say for the record, I don't think that part ever played in an arena. I can't. (laughs) I don't don't think so. I can't remember ever hearing it. So on any show, I can't imagine anyone actually coming out to that part besides maybe like Jack Evans. (laughs) Oh yeah. And Jack, by the time Jack Evans was in the unit, they would be using the remix anyway. So you mentioned the uh, remix uh, there, John. This is uh, the remix of Blood Generation's theme. This is another ACMA song. This is Follow Your Generation Acid Alkaline Mix. That, the first time I heard that horse neigh, I was like, "What the hell?" Like they 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 introduced this pretty like pretty quickly after the original. I I think the first time it was used would have been the lead up to World 2005. So they used this a lot, but they they kind of used it. Um, it was interchangeable with the original. Like they, it didn't replace the original. Um, mm-hmm. Like they would they would use either one. But I feel like when the horse neigh one came out, it definitely got used more often. But yeah, it was, it's. I don't like it as much as the original. Actually, I, I like it, but like it gets rid of the intro, which is my favorite part of the original. But yeah, the, the, the lyrics can be kind of cool. But yeah, the horse neighing thing is just weird. I don't. I don't really get it. Yeah, the lyrics are cool if you understand what they're saying, because I could not make out. It's like a bunch of words ending in nation. I got. I think I caught like follow your generation, which is the title of the song. But other than that, it's kind of hard to. It's kind of hard to make out what they're saying. <laughs> the comparison I'm going to make here is that this song is like the way On the Edge is a revamped version yes. of You Think You Know Me. Yes. That's kind of what this feels like. It's pretty much all the same elements, give or take a few different ones, all back for another adventure, just a little bit more spruced up, a little bit different. I will say, though, I'm with John. I do prefer Acid Alkaline. Although I do like this as well, but uh, I do prefer Acid Alkaline. Both are both are good themes, though. I have nothing against this one except the fact that it gets rid of the intro. Inexplicably for horses. For horses. All right, moving on now to our next heel unit. This is Muscle Outlaws. Again, another ACMA theme. And uh, this is a song called Idiot Outlaw. <laughs> Idiot outlaw. 
This is my favorite one, I have to say. Idiot Outlaw. I love Idiot Outlaw so much. I don't know why the hell they have a theme song that calls them idiots. Like, I assume it's one of those, like, weird things where the Japanese thought it meant something different or something. I don't know. But, like, I mean, maybe they just think it means idiots. Maybe they're calling themselves idiots. I don't know. But it's another one of those things where I play the intro over and over and over and over again. I just love the whole build up to it. The quote unquote real intro that you hear in the in the CD version, they kind of cut out like the first five seconds whenever they use it in, in the arena. I don't know why, but like they cut that out. So like it, they just start right from the like five seconds in. So it's not a huge difference, but it is a difference. That's interesting. I wonder why that is. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, they almost always use just they start from about five seconds in. But yeah, I, I just this theme. I mean, okay. So we we change over from Blood Generation to, to Muscle Outlaws. And there's one person I think you have to talk about to really encapsulate, because he encapsulates Muscle Outlaws to me, and he encapsulates this theme. It's Gamma, okay? It's all about Gamma. I just spit my water out. <laughs> it's all about Gamma. Gamma is the reason why this even exists. So basically, a little backstory: Magnitude Kishiwada gets injured, um, and he was an original blood. Gen- he was a Blood Generation member, and but he's like, "Don't worry, I'm going to send my friend in my place, and he's he's great." So, so Gamma shows up, another another ex-Osaka pro wrestler, which was the connection to Magnitude. And Shima immediately hates him, so they can't get along at all. And this goes on for a few months before Shima kicks him out. But then, shockingly, the rest of the unit leaves with them, except for, like, and the only ones who didn't were Don Fuji and Shingo Takagi. Everybody else, you know, Naruki Dori, Masato Yoshino, Naruki Tanizaki, who had just joined somebody else I'm probably forgetting. They all they all quit with uh, with Gamma and form Muscle Outlaws. And, and to me, like, the theme song perfectly encapsulates Muscle Outlaws because they were just, like, it sounds weird to call them fun-loving heels, but that's almost kind of what they were. Like, they really were, like, they were wacky. The crowd would boo them a little, but, like, the crowd enjoyed the hell out of Gamma. The crowd enjoyed the hell out of, you know, Yoshino and Dory tag matches. This was, like, the, the heyday of Speed Muscle. And, like, the crowd really loved all of this. Even even the, even they would, they would still cheat outrageously. The theme song, I think, encapsulates that, like, you know, we're heels, but you like us anyway, and you're gonna, and you know you do. So I, I feel like it really fits them really well. This is the unit that had the heel ref gimmick. There's also a unit that had, like, a lot of foreigners, too. Like, when all the foreigners were kind of, like, this is the unit that Kevin Seam was in. Yeah. For example. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they, Eric Cannon, all, just a, a ton of guys were in this unit. Jimmy Rave. Jimmy Rave was, uh, this is like peak Ring of Honor heel Jimmy Rave that was in this unit. It was, it was really great. But yeah, I mean, um, God bless Muscle Outlaws. God bless this theme song. I love it. It's very frantic, very energetic, like, much like Crazy Max's theme, how it's like wacky and stuff. But it's, it's a lot more, you know, not as much exotic wacky. It's more over-the-top, like, serious type of thing, you know? It's very, like, muscle outlaws. It's like, you know, that kind of stuff. This is weird because it's not, like, it's not really, like, heavy. It's definitely not dark. This is just, it's really energetic. It's driving. It's so metal, but it's just also really fun. I love this song a lot. You know, this is one of my favorite Akma themes because it's just that riff and that harmony on the guitar part. It just sounds so freaking cool. And again, from having not watched in context at the time, my first thought is whenever I hear this, this is just too much fun to be a heel theme. Yes. And like, how could you possibly hate anybody coming out to this song? It's just an awesome song. Well, I mean, and the crowd didn't, the crowd didn't hate them, which was a problem. Because I'm <laughs> Muscle Atlas is, a, is another one that, like, 
Um, they're, they're a lot like Mad Blanky in that they had a very large fan base for a heel unit. To me, the song fits them because they were a very popular heel unit. But yeah, it's just, it's just a, like, it probably is my favorite. It's such a great song. And we, we do have some lyrics here for this theme. Oh, awesome. And, you know, I got to say, these first two lines here remind me a lot of wrestling Twitter. <laughs> I tried to be clever, but that was in vain. You think you're better, but you're just the same. I mean, I think that says yeah. it all right there. Uh, there's a lot of people I can think of. Yes. They shall remain nameless. <laughs> <laughs> you don't realize you're much more insane. Because we're only humans. Because we're, we're with muscle, muscle outlaws. outlaws yeah. <laughs> if only we could all just be a little bit more like the muscle outlaws. They, they were the real baby faces. <laughs> they were very misunderstood. <laughs> they just want everybody to get along and low blow each other. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, a stable that was all about the law of the jungle. The stronger. <laughs> this is Real Hazard. This is a song by Yohei featuring June. This is Break On Through. The jungle, the stronger. This is the ultimate example to me of just totally making it clear that, you know, the fun is over. After oh, yeah. the, like the Agon, it's like, okay, you've, you had your fun with Muscle Outlaws for the last, like, two and a half years. You know, you had your fun with your wacky heels. These are serious heels now. It's serious heel time. We're done with this crap. So, like, it's a, it's a great theme for a unit that actually turned out to be really crappy. But what <laughs> really wasn't the fall. I mean, a lot of things happened in this period. But, yeah, like, the entire theme was, you know, like, the law of the jungle, the stronger, as you hear in the, in the theme song. Basically, it, it's a lot of parallels to Shingo's heel turn in 2015 right. when he turned heel to form Berserk. Because, again, he talked about the law of the jungle and how mm. the weak will be eaten. Real Hazard to me is the ultimate example of a unit that, like, had it have strong have strong initial angle and a strong premise. I really like the theme song. I think the theme song works really well for what they're trying to say. You know, where like the fun fun time is over now. It's you know, yep. time to kick Daddy's ass. Daddy's home, yeah, basically. <laughs> but the unit itself is really ended up being really bad due to circumstances out of their control. Great theme song though. Oh yeah, tremendous. I would say one of the heaviest Dragon Gate themes, if not the heaviest. Like man, oh man, is this great? You have. Like you said, this awesome intro that fits the kind of theme of the unit. You know, only the strongest survive, which is kind of a theme again now in Berserk. And you have these really just great high-gain metal riffs with this cool little synthesizer patch that kind of mirrors the guitar riff in the chorus. Just layers it, sounds really thick and really evil. And you have these evil, aggressive-sounding vocals. Oh, man, this this song is just so great. I got, like, so many different vibes off this in terms of what it sounded like to me. Especially, like, the first verse here, the, you know, the... In the night tonight, I feel the nightmare. It sounds like a little bit mix of Stars in the Night, Pages theme, a little bit. Oh. Mixed with a little bit of the first part of the guitar riff of Iron Man. Yeah. That part. The vocals sound kind of like Asuka's theme vocals, the future. Yeah. Very sort of processed. Add, you know, put all that stuff in a gumbo. You know, you got, 
the steam pretty much <laughs> yeah wow those are three really great comparisons there the iron man one's great i never thought yeah of that. but yeah like you said it's very dark very you know serious no more wackiness no more no more fake wackiness this is this is the strong this is the serious this is the law of the jungle basically yeah they're basically saying you know you had your phone muscle outlaws it's time for the hero unit to yeah to be serious now Unfortunately, end up involving a lot of Nosawa, so yeah, it's never a good, <laughs> never a good thing. Nosawa out of the question. The yeah. one exactly <laughs> the one good period of real hazard I like is at the end of two thousand nine when um Susumu turned heel for the first time in forever to join to join up with Real Hazard, and then Kness turned heel when Ryu Saito got hurt to join up with Real Hazard. But unfortunately, um, it ended up being very short lived. Because at the start of 2010, we had the the, the, the deep drunkers split. So <laughs> that were basically anybody anybody interesting or good left the unit. Basically, <laughs> now before we get into that, we do again have some lyrics for this song. And uh, I must say, after reading the lyrics to the verse, I have some concerns. <laughs> now it says here, drag include all night long. Every year, commit suicide. <laughs> what shall I do, dangerous bridge? Every more, commit, commit suicide. suicide. <laughs> and I just want to say... It doesn't sound like they're saying that at all. No, but, it doesn't. Oh, no. It so doesn't. I don't know how the hell I'm going to karaoke this when it it's tells you that. Uh, fi- yeah, it's, it, you hear, like, it's something that's sad. Like, is he saying, like, you know, something to the side of something? Like, what does he it's say? Ja- it's Japanese nope, people it's trying suicide. to speak English, everybody. Yeah, you know, like, like I always tell people, you try to speak Japanese and then figure out how hard it is. I just want to let this be known there. You know, Yohei, listen, there are hotlines you can call. <laughs> you can listen, tweet, tweet me, you know, like I'll I'll talk to you, Yohei. You're, you're awesome. You're an awesome musician. You, it, it's, it doesn't have to come to this. To me, to me, it's it's like it's it's almost like and this is going to be the weirdest example of all time in Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the the beta of it. Has a stage on there called Genocide City, oh, and people are like, "What oh, the lovely. fuck?" And like, and pe- and then someone like asked him because obviously this did not appear in the final game. Someone I guess eventually asked one of the, the American designers on the game like what the deal with that was, and they're like, "Well, I don't think Yuji Naka, the, cr- the creator, actually knew what that word meant. I think he just kind of like was just picking a word that he thought sounded scary in English." And I was like, well, he picked he picked the scary one, all right. <laughs> but like, so I don't I don't know if they actually know. I don't know if they know the full connotations behind some of these words sometimes. But yeah, mm. that's why I always think of I think of Genocide City. All right, moving on now to a stable of guys who I didn't know about before this, but once I read about these guys, uh, I certainly caught my attention. This is a stable of guys called Deep Drunkers, and this is by an artist called Tripolism. And this is W-A-D-D, a.k.a. We Are Deep Drunkers. So, um... This is someone's going to get me in trouble. Hmm. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, don't listen to Open the Voice Gate. Um, my co-host, one of my co-hosts, is Iron Mike Spears. Who you didn't you come up with that nickname, Chris? Is that true? I did originate the Iron Mike Spears nickname. Yes, I, I I'm sorry. Yeah. So he loves him some Deep Drunkers, and he loves him this theme. But like Deep Drunkers, 
by any objective measure, was the absolute worst heal unit in Dragon Gate history. One of the worst units of all time, in fact. I think it's either them or Shin M2K. They were no good. And this was the weakest lineup for a heal unit of all time. And one of the reasons why I really hate 2010 is because the heal unit just had nothing going for them. They would win the Triangle Gate titles and like lose them in a week. And that was like their ceiling for the entire year, basically. So like, you know, they just, they sucked. The, the entire, their only match in World 2010, the, the Kobe World, the biggest show of the year, you know, Dragon Gate's WrestleMania, they were in the opener. That's it. That's their, the, heel, the heel unit's entire presence on WrestleMania. The only heels in Dragon Gate, they were in the opening match of the card, which they won, good for them, and never appeared for the rest of the night. So that should give you an example of just how like useless and pointless this unit was. But yeah, as far as the song goes for the unit, I mean, my problem with the song is like it almost doesn't even sound heelish enough to me. Like the intro kind of, the, first of all, the burp is just goofy. Like the burp is goofy, okay? I understand if you like it, but like for what's supposed to be the serious heel unit in Dragon Gate and it starts with a burp, like what the hell? Yeah, it, does okay, start so with, then, it does start with a burp though. It starts with a low ominous tone. It's like, it's like, oh, what's this? Ooh, these guys, and all of a sudden you're like, yeah, it's, it really undercuts the whole like ominous heelish bit. You know, part but, of it. but like the so you, the song it's going okay for a while, and I feel like the first parts of it are okay. But once you get to that chorus, like the we are deep, like that, that, yeah, that doesn't sound heelish to me. That almost sounds like a babyface song. So the chorus to me always sound like a babyface song. So it never really worked for me. And like this, is a, the unit was, was what they were trying to go for was like this ultra scummy unit full of like the most scum, the scummiest wrestlers on in Dragon Gate <laughs> that no one could possibly like at the time. So I get that that's what they're going for. But like, why would you make a theme song like this then that like almost sounds like they're celebrating them? It's like they're supposed to be scumbags. They're scumbags that won't stop drinking. This is not supposed to be like Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's supposed to be bad. <laughs> Could you imagine Austin coming out to deep drunk? So I don't, I don't like the same song, and I don't like deep drunkers. Sorry, Mike. Don't at me. Well, hey, you know, I think we're receiving a transmission here from the from the Spears compound. Do I hear a fireplace? Please advise. The following rebuttal comes from the Southern Best Wrestling tweets. Iron Mike Spears. Good evening. As I sit here on the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains in front of my fireplace on an oddly cold April evening, I've been asked to give a rebuttal by the fine hosts of this program, Mr. Maffei and Mr. Rich, towards my Open the Voice Gate colleague, John Carroll. And this rebuttal is about the theme of deep drinkers, W-A-D-D. Now, John makes a lot of valid points in their mind. But let me tell you all the truth about W-A-D-D. Now, one thing that we need to clarify first is, what is the purpose of a unit's theme? Is it supposed to hype up the crowd, get them angry? Or is it supposed to show the branding, the imagery, all the pomp and circumstance of a unit? Now, that's what I think W-A-D-D does excellently. Sure, that belt at the beginning as a stinger might be seen as disgusting, and uncouth. But let's be honest, W-A-D-D were slimy, drunk heels led by one of the greatest men alive, Kenichiro Arai. Now, there's one more thing about this, is 
if you could take your head out of the stinger, I mean, ever every unit in Dragon Gate history has had stingers dating back to Blood Generation. It's a part of what Dragon Gate themes are. But once you get past that, I believe you will find a strong unit theme and one that I think that was greatly underrated for a unit that was as ill-thought-of as it was. Thank you very much. This is the Southerner with the best wrestling tweets, Iron Mike Spears. I'll say this, as much as the failings of the Deep Drunkers unit was, I can't help but actually like this song. It's just, it's so honest, and they, they really mean the whole being drunk thing, you know? It's like, they just they just go full force into the whole the chorus, which I love so much, and it's like, I can't help, we're drunk! It's like, I can't help but get wrapped up in that kind of thing. And the uh, the vocal, like the, the verses, where it's like, you know, that's kind of like reminds me of uh, Can't Stop by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, that sort yeah! of same sort of vocal type of things. That can't stop addicted to the shindig. Also, there, there's a, a band called Porcupine Tree. Yeah, Steve Wilson. Uh, they have a song on their first album called And the Swallows Dance Above the Sun that has very uh, similar sort of vocal songs in that, too. It's like, I'm sitting in the concrete, I'm listening, blah, blah, hop. It's like that same sort of like melody to it. I'm sitting in the concrete, I'm listening for a I'm sitting in the But the chorus itself, I mean, I just, oh my God, it wraps me up. I can't help, like, it's so anthemic, you know? It's so big. But again, imagine a bunch of scumbag heels coming after this. Oh, believe me! It it, it doesn't really work. This theme, I'll take it it home and give a nice warm meal. But, you know, Arai Sugawara, I'm the cold you go, buddies. I'm sorry. Iron Mike Spears might have to come back and defend Kenichiro Arai, because that's, well, man. One more thing for me in terms of this song. Near the end, there's, like, a gang vocal section where it's like, Da-deep, da-na-drunk! I just like, for some reason, that reminded me of uh, the Dead Kennedy song, California Uberales. California Uberales. You got like punk, you've got, you know, hard rock, we've got Dragon Gate themes, a wide variety of, of genre and, you know, to, to base off of here. So I thought it was really, really cool. That you're making all these connections tonight, man. I'm making connections here. It's, it's crazy. There is a very diverse and wide range of genres that Dragon Gate themes can pull from, but it all also has kind of a core sound to it as well that I think it all being in-house and it all being the same few artists really helps a lot with that. You know, this, not one of the shining moments, I would say, of the Dragon Gate history of themes. You know, the riffs are cool, like it's been said, and the belch does fit the unit as dumb as it is, but... Yeah, maybe for your heel unit, not the best route to go. Maybe just a dumb concept altogether. But what do I know? I don't even drink alcohol, so I'm going to hate this anyway. <laughs> I, I, I like alcohol, but I hate this unit. So there you go. I, mean, I don't I'm, drink. I, I love the song. Alcohol, there you go. Alcohol, I would say, is I'm a solid 7 out of 10 on alcohol, but <laughs> a, a 1 out of 10 on Deep Drunkers. Okay. If that. Moving on now to... Our next couple of themes, I think, we're just going to gush so much about these next few ones because they're all kind of linked together here. This is uh, going back to Yohei now. This is Yohei featuring Aki. This is for the heel unit Teen Doi. And this is the song Glitter. Glitter. 
I still need to point out they were not actually called Team Doi, everybody. That's just that's what everybody called them because they had no name. So it's like, what are you supposed to call them? Basically, like they say that a name's not necessary right now. So they cut. They start coming out to the song "Glitter." Glitter, I think, it, it fits it fit the unit so well in a number of different ways. This song has like a rage to it, which I feel like masks the unit really well with when it came to Doi's anger towards Yoshino that formed the unit. The other members of Deep Drunkers were, were kind of like angry that they were not taken seriously the entire year, and they it felt like they were out to like get the honor back for the heal unit in Dragon Gate. And, you know, they were very successful, actually. They won the Twin Gate and the Triangle Gate pretty quickly. You know, so, that, like, it, it fits that, that theme of, like, anger and rage. And it also has, like, a mysterious vibe to it, too, which really worked when Doi started talking about how there might be something bigger at play, which ended up being the formation of Blood Warriors a few months later. But, yeah, so this unit was only around for about three months, but the song would kind of survive as, like, a B-team theme for Blood Warriors after Blood Warriors formed. So the song was around longer than the unit. But yeah, I, I really love this song. It's one of my favorites too. And I thought it fit the it fit it fit the unit really well and it fit the theme the themes of Dragon Gate at the time really well. Yeah, this is one of the first songs that after really getting into Dragon Gate in twenty fourteen, this is one of the first songs that I really listened to a lot. I, you know, at that point, I'd been listening to a lot of the current themes, but then when I went back and started going through older stuff, I heard this, and I heard the next theme that we're going to talk about, and just instantly fell in love. This one is by Yohei, featuring Aki, as are all of the rest of the themes from here on out that we're going to talk about. But this theme, like you said, there is a rage to it, especially in what my favorite part, belief, shine, muscle, Needless belief that that part where it's he's just screaming this and it has the the power chords behind it. It's it's so such a great little breakdown. This song has it all. It's serious. It's heavy. It's catchy. It's got heavy guitars. It's got choirs. It's got a it's got synths. It's got little effects in the intro. It's just great. This is the kind of theme that even if I'm not even in the mood to listen to wrestling themes and this comes on shuffle, I'm not gonna skip it because it is just a hell of a theme. So much, like you said, Chris, so much so much going on with this one. It's very, you know, epic in scale, especially the vocals. You know, the singing vocals where it's, you know, in the future now when we who obtain. Again, it's very much a changeover from past themes where you've had, you know, serious, you know, heavy metal stuff. You've got the sort of the corny, deep drunker type of thing. This is very much another changeover to a different type of, of theme. It's funny, when I heard those, like, screaming parts, you know, belief, shine, muscle, I thought he was saying, we shall wrestle. That's what I, that's what I thought he was saying until I looked at the lyrics. Yeah, it's it's very, very, very cool, very epic. No, the vocal delivery on this song is one of my favorite things about it, really. I think during the verses, it has this really cool kind of, like, rapping delivery, but then on the chorus, it just fucking takes off, and that chorus soars. Like, I don't know how you could hear this at a live show and not just get goosebumps. This this is... I love that chorus so much. It, it just... It feels so much bigger than a lot of the other themes for these units did. You wouldn't think they would go bigger than this, though, but, as we'll see with our next song... Oh boy, do they go bigger, and they they went massive with this one. I am so excited to talk about this one. Again, Yohei Inaki, this is Blood Warriors now. This is the official, you know, stable Blood Warriors. This is Dress for Excellent Pyramid. 
After episode one, Chris, when we asked the uh, the people for their fave fives, Mike Spears, again, we bring his name up, he's, he put this song as his number one on the fave five, and God damn it, he was fucking right. This is the best. This is my favorite theme of the bunch here. How could you possibly follow up a great theme like Glitter? Well, you make it even greater by combining it with another great theme. So this theme song here is an amalgamation of Glitter, which we just heard, and We Are the Warriors by Akma, which was the theme song for Shima's unit prior to Blood Warriors. Yeah, so it's really just, it's a perfect, you know, it's like this is the corporate ministry, basically, exactly. <laughs> two units coming together and making like a whole, you know, a, a new unit. It and was me, Naruki. <laughs> it was me all along. Well, it'd be really more like it was me, Masato. Oh, okay. It was me all along. Because Shima, Shima was teaming up with Yoshino to fight the Team Doi in the last month leading up to this. Like in December, him and him and Shima challenged Doi and Gamma for the Twin Gate. But then, so there were these weird, like, masked men running around in, in Dragon Gate at the time. I don't know how to just describe them. They had these weird, like, silver masks, except for one that had, like, a gold mask. So you knew he was the leader. So they were running around at the time, and finally they come out at a show where Yoshino basically tells them, you know, after a month of this, to come down and, like, t- show us who you are. And they all unmask, and there's more of them than ever. And it turns out to be all the guys in Team Doi, except KZ, who was hurt at the time and all the guys in Warriors. So it's Warriors, a babyface unit, and Team Doi merging to become a new unit. The only part of the master plan they didn't think of apparently was a name, because when they first introduced the unit, you know, Shima's like, okay, this is our new unit, uh, but we don't have a name yet. So he like goes over and starts asking Doi for some thoughts, which is a really funny segment. And Doi's, Doi's first idea was the super high tensioners. <laughs> And then his second idea was the Ultra Machine Guns, with a Z on guns, apparently. But um, Shima hated both those and then decided to call, take the name of Blood Generation. He's like, what's the unit you and I first raged in? Blood Generation. And combine that with Warriors, Blood Warriors. So there you go. But yeah, so they, they also obviously combined We Are the Warriors and the Team Doi theme. And the Team Doi Team Glitter into one new theme, dressed for Excellent Pyramid. Oh, yeah, this this song is just so epic. It's just so like when that song hits, how do you not just get like pumped? We mentioned this before, Chris. You and I, Devil Sky, Kenny Omega's theme is like post like apocalyptic in nature. This is like post apocalypse, where there's like roaming bands of gangs running around and like warlords and shit, and it's like go da 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 oh oh oh, and it's very it's like. It's like a warlord standing over his army, like, you will now run out to the fields. It's like, this is fucking amazing. It's such a production to it. You get the horns, you got the vocals, you got the, the clashing drums, you got the guitars. It's, oh, I want to kiss it so much. <laughs> you know, we have seen so many times how mashing up two separate theme songs can just have disastrous results. Yeah. This has to be by far the best example of it just fucking working. Yes. Because, I mean, this is a stroke of brilliance combining these two songs. It almost sounds like it was meant to be this way all along. Yeah, I agree with that. I, like, the first... The first time I heard it, I thought they must have they must have planned this ahead of time. And what's interesting there is that Glitter was made by Yohei, and We Are the Warriors 
was made by Akma. So, made by two separate people. And yet, it comes together so well. It's just god tier. It, it really is. This is one of the best wrestling theme songs I've ever heard. This is Big Fight feel written all over it. This is epic so much. When you've got the mix of the the glitter vocals that in the future now, that thing combined with the We Are The Warriors, ha, 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 that choir. You know me, Chris. You know me. The more choir vocals, the better, okay? Joe Lanza has the accidental blood for his quarter star bump. If I hear choir vocals, that theme, quarter star bump up for me. Do you guys agree with me that, like, the... It sounds so good that it almost sounds like the glitter vocals were meant to be slightly faster all along. Yeah, like it just the glitter vocals sound so good here with that with that much faster tempo. Like it just it works perfectly. It just it's really bizarre to me how how good it works actually. You know, when you listen to glitter after listening to this, it does sound a little bit like oh, I want I want more of that energy. I want it's, the drums really help a lot in that regard because the drums here just fucking. They, they just take off and it works so well in conjunction with the vocals and everything. Now, if you were to listen to just We Are The Warriors on its own, now the riffs on that song were already really fucking cool. But when you combine them with the vocals and you have the choirs in the background and you have everything just happening all at the same time, it feels just so alive and it feels just so much more epic. This is a five star theme if ever there was one. It is just... Yep. It's amazing. I can't say enough good things about it. I want to highlight the guitar solo here because it's not just the guitar solo that really catches me, catches my soul. Underneath the guitar solo, there's like this cool little like keyboard synth, like you know, sort of string thing where it's like dun 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 dun. I was like, that is so cool to have like that put in there as opposed to just like you know a random guitar solo on its own. So love that so much. Just want to put that in there so many layers so many elements it's just a great song this isn't even one of my favorite wrestling themes it's just one of my favorite songs period ever like whenever this comes on shuffle i'm like yeah turn it up louder and just crank it it's so great i remember that the year came out and abusing it like this is back when you could actually still use um songs in the wwe games <laughs> I just used it as, for my main yeah. creative wrestle like all year long but I used to change, like I used to change creative wrestlers' themes like constantly throughout. But like I, when I had this one, I just that was the theme song the entire year, basically. Yeah, I love this song so much. Now we can gush all day long, guys, about you know Dress for Excellent Pyramid and Blood Warriors. We'll move on now to our second to last heel unit of the episode. This is Mad Blanky, and uh, this is a song called Nothing to Lose. <laughs> Black and yellow. <laughs> I mean, it's, not, it's like it's like the Wiz Khalifa. He was Khalifa. Yeah, black and yellow, yeah. black and yellow, black and yellow. Black it's like yellow. it's like that, except like it's like the evil version or something. Yeah, except it's good. Yeah. Oh, wow, I like oh, that song. Wow. <laughs> I'm really I'm 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 mad. I'm mad on love. <laughs> um, but yeah, when they first switched to it, the entire switch was very jarring, especially coming off of what was one of the greatest periods in Dragon D history the Blood Warriors versus Junction 3 feud. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, basically what was left of Blood Warriors was um, a lot of the younger guys. It was Tozawa, BB Hulk, Cyberkong, KZ. They kicked out everybody older. They kicked out Shima. They kicked out Doi. So that they, they kicked out all the guys who wanted to be in the Jimmies. So you're left with all the younger guys. And they're like, well, we need a song now that represents us. And we need a theme, you know, a new name and all that. And they, they changed the name from Blood Warriors to Matt Blanky. Tozawa's actual line is still one of my all-time favorite lines. He's like, we're finally free of that garbage name. Blood Warriors, and now we got a much better name, Mad Blanky. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole thing was very jarring. And the, the first time I heard this song, I didn't really like it at all. But it's one of those songs that, like, once you hear it for a while, it just slowly grows on you. Yeah. To the point where, like, by the time I'd heard it like, three or four months later, I was like, okay, I totally get what they're going for now. And this is a great song. I agree, because when I first got into Dragon Gate, Mad Blanky were fucking all over the place. And I would hear this song, like, at least four times a show. So, needless to say, I quickly fell in love with it. So, this is my absolute jam. I love this song. Because it, it, it really reminds me of first getting into Dragon Gate, which wasn't that long ago, but was a very special time in my wrestling fandom. Because I'm like, holy shit, this company's been here all along. What have I been doing? This is amazing. I love this. So, I really love this song. Once again, I find myself drawn to the vocals. Especially like the the higher vocals where it's like go away. That's like that's such an interesting choice to use for like a heel theme. Like using these high vocals is for epic things. It's an interesting choice to use those as opposed to like something more sinister, you know, like for you know muscle outlaws or something like that. Mad Blanky's another one too that ended up being extremely popular. They probably are the most popular heel unit of all time when you look at like what the fan base was by the end. They had a lot of fans, so. The theme song just kind of, kind of like almost like being like their alternate history, kind of, you know? Like it sounds evil, but it doesn't sound like, like you could listen to it and just and figure out how they themselves could come out to it and be like, okay, this is who we are. We're, we're rebelling against the rest of Dragon Gate. Mm-hmm. We want the rest of you to go away. Like it works for them. And to me, you can come out to it without being like, you know, the Star Wars, are we the baddies kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, you know, that's that's a great point. It's really not so much evil as it is kind of like weird and quirky, I would say. Especially that melody. And like the first couple times I heard that, I was like, you know, that's kind of odd. I can't quite put my finger on whether I like that or not. But I now I love it. I, I grew to love it because there was a time when this song and the Millennials theme were the only Dragon Gate themes that I had for a little while. So... I would listen to them just over and over and over. So I, I grew to really love this song and know it very well. And it starts off as all as most great Dragon Gate themes do with that great stinger. With, uh, with Rita Repulsa, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Mad <laughs> Blanky. <laughs> or Gangrel. It was forbidden <laughs> by Mandai Rio. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. I can't let you mention this without saying this. You were talking about the... Millennials. Yeah. <laughs> love, I love that, that stinger. I love the millennial stick. Yeah, and they, and they used it in all their theme songs at the time, too. That was one of the things I really loved about the millennials. Yeah. Millennials. And then you'd, you'd have Flamita's deep. Dun, 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 dun. No, the best, the best <laughs> one was Millennials. That's just a God tier theme in and of itself. <laughs> and I can't wait to discuss all of the millennials themes at some point. Actually, you know, UT might have my favorite millennials theme, actually. I fucking love UT's song. But yeah. that that is a very babyface song, and this is not a babyface episode, so maybe that'll be the next one that we do. You mentioned Andrew. 
the catchy chorus. Yes. And that's really that's really one thing about Dragon Gate themes, especially the Yohei produced themes. You're always going to get a super catchy chorus. Mm-hmm. Like that's just heal or not, I don't care how evil the unit is, the chorus is probably going to be really catchy. And that's just one of the things that I think when you get accustomed to Dragon Gate themes, it's not so jarring as to why the fuck is this so catchy when they're supposed to be the hated heels. It's more of, oh, well, of course it is because it's a Dragon Gate theme, Mm -hmm. you know, but really when you pay attention to the lyrics, go away the rotten world, we have nothing to lose, go away the rotten space, we will not put up bound in blood, mad blanky. That's where you kind of get the meat of where it fits in with the unit and it just happens to be delivered in this delightful way that it's a cool little contrast but it also fits in with them being the heels yet also being so loved and they were they just they were mad at the rest of of dragon gate basically and they were just like you know they felt disrespected as a generation especially yeah it was it was a very interesting very interesting choice it's another one where i think the theme song really really encapsulates the unit all right well we are going now to our last heel unit our last theme of the episode again one more one more time yohei inaki this is for berserk this is wolfish soldier So this is what I was talking about, Andrew. Do you have any idea what to sang at the start? Because I have no idea. <laughs> um, hmm. There are some questionable vocals in the actual song, but the start here, I, I got no clue. <laughs> I've never seen a single Dragon Gate fan online actually be able to tell me what the fuck they're saying at the start. If anyone can help us out with that, because there there are a lot of times where we have no clue about something, and then someone will just pop up on our Twitter and be like, oh, this is what it is. And be like, oh my god, thank you so much. Please help us out, everybody. If you know what the hell they're yes. saying at the start, you know, you obviously know what I'm talking about. The... Yes, A, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> so if you know, please tell us. So this is a weird one where, um, so when Berserk forms, obviously, this is, um, it's basically Matt Blanky loses a unit muscle span match in the summer of 2015 to the Jimmies. Weirdly just kind of continues anyway. And then Shingo Takagi comes in as like the new leader. You know, he has this, again, very similar to the, to the real hazard theme of, you know, the weak will be eaten, only the strong will survive. His whole thing is he's tired of the friendship club bullshit and his words. He's tired of putting up with uh, Monster Express's crap. He was tired of happy time. It's serious time, and and the theme song to me also says that quite well. Where it's like, well, now you know this is the initial berserk was almost like overpowered compared to the rest of the promotion, and that was like their initial story. When you have Shingo and later on Yamato and Dora both leave, of course, in 2016. But the the original theme of the unit was like, you know, we're just we're too strong for everybody else. We're gonna overpower everybody else. And I feel like the song really does encapsulate that well. Of like mm-hmm. this, you know, you have there's no point resisting us. We're just going to take over. Much like what you said, John, about Real Hazard, with the law in the jungle, the stronger, only the strong survive. Looking at the lyrics here, there's a part where it goes, you know, erasure, the past, delete, now. So it's like, all right, 
None of this bullshit, happy time, you know, it's time to get serious again. Let's be just, just asshole heels, get shit done. It fits the unit really well. I don't, I don't like it nearly as much as the last two. It's a weird one, too, where, like, originally, for months and months, actually, they used a version of this without the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. It had, it had, it had the mm-hmm. weird intro, but didn't have any other lyrics in the song. And I almost like the one without the lyrics better, weirdly enough. Like, I just feel like it just, it works better as an instrumental to me, that the lyrics sound strangely... Um, tacked on or something, mm-hmm. but um, I don't dislike it. It's just not one of my favorites. I completely agree with you saying that about the vocals because for months and months and months, I would try to track down that instrumental, and I know that it was released on the Summer Adventure Tag League CD that year, but I've never been able to find it online anywhere. I know some people might have it. Yeah, if you have it, please send it to us because I want that. Too. Oh yeah, I want that too. But yeah, I remember first when this first came out. And I bought it on iTunes, and it was my first time listening to it with the vocals, and it just sounded so weird to me at first. But I've since gotten used to it, and I since really do enjoy it. Obviously not as much as Nothing to Lose or Dress for Excellent Pyramid or Glitter, but I still really like this song. One of my favorite songs right now, but I want to make a comparison here, because Andrew's been making all the comparisons on this episode. I want to make a little comparison here. The floor is yours, sir. The floor is yours. Well, thank you. So this reminds me a lot of Seth Rollins' theme. Oh, ah, I, yes. I, I can definitely hear that. Yes. So not only the picking pattern in the first three bars, that intro of it. But then it's followed by that fourth bar. It's very, very, very similar to a chord progression in the verse of Rollins' theme. Very similar. And that's something that I picked up on right away when I first heard it. I was like, oh, it's kind of like Rollins' theme, but it has a little bit more lead guitar and it's not as stripped down as Rollins' theme is. That's a little comparison that I thought was pretty cool. Another little comparison here, there's a synth layered with the guitar riffs in a lot of parts here, much like the Real Hazard theme. So another thing that carries over from Real Hazard. Yeah. Overall, I really like this theme, but I got to go with John... I think I'm a little bit more partial to the instrumental that they were coming out to originally. Well, the vocals, again, it's a little... First time I heard it, before I saw the lyrics, very hard to decipher kind of what they're saying. And that's just the way it goes with these, you know, Japanese themes trying to, you know, like this, it's so hard hearing with American ears. And I wrote down what I thought were the lyrics of this first verse here. Do you want to hear what I wrote? Oh, yes. I'll say this. the, The actual lyrics are this. The skin of the beast, you know the truth. This is the beginning up to the century. That's what the lyrics actually are. Here's what I thought they were saying. Steel loves a wheel. You know the two. Deep down with me. Ah, too. Dis a chewy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought I heard. Cause it's like, you, uh, <laughs> you too, dis a chewy. Dis a me chi- too. <laughs> ah, too. Dis a chewy. <laughs> okay. That's what I heard. That's, you know. But you can't give me. You can't give me your guess for the intro. Come on. Uh, what are they saying? <laughs> what are they saying? <laughs> My powers only extend so far. Okay. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you, as always, so much for listening. Just a couple of friendly reminders before we go. Music of the Mat, part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Check it out. All those great podcasts, including Open the Voice Gate, hosted by the one and only John Carroll. Voicesofwrestling.com for all that stuff. Twitter at Music of the Mat. 
Where are you on on Twitter, John? So um, I'm at Tushanshu in LA. I'm not going to spell that. <laughs> it's, I did that on Burning Spirits. It's really bad trying to spell that on the air. <laughs> you don't you don't want to follow my Twitter anyway. It's really bad. Uh, but you should follow the Open the Voice Gate Twitter, which is at at Open Voice Gate. No the, no because we, we couldn't fit the the. But at Open Voice Gate, you should follow that. And if you're interested in Dragon Gate, if maybe this was your first exposure to it and you want to learn a little bit more, John has excellent writing up on the Voice of Wrestling website. So check out the DG101 series and the Timeline series, like we mentioned all throughout this episode. As well, was there a Dragon Gate ebook that was supposed to be coming out? Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We've gotten so behind on it, and it might, we might, just, might as well just wait for the end of 2017 at this point. Well, that's true. But I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, the, the other thing I can plug is if, if you don't want to go to Japan, I just started a new series called Nihon Ni Ikimas, which is, of course, um, go to Japan. And I'm going to be basically telling you how like a lot of tips on how to survive in Japan with, you know, based around having a wrestling trip, which if you're listening to this and you're, and you're a big enough fan of Dragon Gate or New Japan or Anna Promotion, you, you need to find a way. I cannot stress this enough. Go to Japan. It's not as hard as it seems. If you have, I know some people just don't have the money, so I, w- I want to be sensitive with that. But if you have the money, the language barrier is not a big deal. You, you can find your way around fine. Um, a lot of people there speak English, by the way, if you don't know. And it's just, it's such, you will have the time of your entire life if you go to Japan and watch pro wrestling there. It is the greatest thing you ever do. I'm not even exaggerating at all, actually. I'm very hopeful that this piece will be useful to me at some point in my life because I would love nothing more than to go to Japan, sit down in Corican Hall, and watch every show that fucking comes through there for like a week. It, it's, it's really same with me. Same with me. It's an amazing experience. And I can't, I'm going for the G one in August and I can't wait. Oh, oh you, you lucky yeah. bastard. Yeah. You lucky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, voices of wrestling.com slash forum for all the great, you know, forum discussions, YouTube playlists, uh, check it out. Chris clicks all the uh, songs that we talk about on the episodes, youtube.com uh, uh, music of the Mad podcast on there. Uh, voiceswrestling.com slash iTunes give us a five star rating and review helps us out on the, uh, the old metrics there we appreciate it so much and we appreciate you John thank you so much for coming on here and talking Dragon Gate themes with us I learned so much you're a wealth of information so for me as a rookie of Dragon Gate themes thank you yeah, you laid everything out so well for us and the listeners and just put everything into context in a way that we couldn't on our own. So we're really appreciative of that. And I hope that the listeners got a lot out of this because Dragon Gate is a really fun promotion. It's a really rewarding promotion to follow. So I hope everyone got a sense of that in listening to the episode. So thank you so much, John. And we can't wait to have you on again at some point as well. Yeah. I mean, there's still, we barely touched, scratched the surface, honestly. So, yeah. And you know, and I do watch other promotions in Dragon Gate amazingly, but, <laughs> but yeah, this was, this was a lot of fun. So I definitely have to do it again. Chris episode nine, our next adventure. We did this episode very much skewing towards your neck of the woods. Episode 9, we're going much more towards my neck of the woods. And my neck of the woods is a period of time in the WWE that is so ingrained in my mind because it was the time in my life where I was so obsessed with WWE. I watched every single show. Raw, SmackDown, Heat, Velocity, even the WWE experience. I watched it with uh, Ivory and Todd Grisham. (laughs) 
Which is why we are doing our first ever theme shuffle episode about the Ruthless Aggression Era. Oh, I can't wait to hear that, actually. That's going to be awesome. This is going to be a lot of fun. We're just going to pick about 10 or so random themes from that time period. We're just going to mix them up. Can I make a request? Sure. I really, really, really want to hear Heidenreich. You have to do Heidenreich. You know what? We're booking it. I think we have two bookings now. Heidenreich and Three Minute Warning. Yes. Those are on the docket. Those are two great picks, honestly. Oh, yeah. And hey, listeners out there, send in your picks because we don't we don't know what songs we're going to pick for this episode so far. So it's a shuffle. Anything can happen. Yeah. So send in your requests and we will take everything into consideration. But you can count on those two for sure. Definitely Heidenreich. Exactly. We could hear Triple H. We could hear Garrison Cade. We don't know. <laughs> it's a shuffle theme episode. It's going to be random. It's going to be wacky. It's going to be nostalgic to boot. It's going to be a fucking blast. Just like this episode was a blast. John, Chris, this was so much fun, man. This is awesome. That does it for us. So for John Carroll and for Chris Maffei, I'm Andrew Rich saying, Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.